Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Body Podcast. My name is Nate Palmer, and if you're here, it's probably because you're a high performer, a business owner, a entrepreneur, or busy professional that is interested in using fitness and nutrition to gain an unfair advantage in your life. If you're not a part of the Facebook group, definitely go to n8trainingsystems.com slash group. That's where we stream these podcast episodes every Tuesday. And you can join in, ask questions, a ton of cool stuff happening, massive amount of free content, information, resources. Let me know what you need. Again, go to n8trainingsystems.com slash group to join us there. If you're already in the group and watching it live, we're super excited to have you because we're going to be talking today about dinner. What does your dinner need to have for you to maximize your fat loss, maximize your recovery? Because fat loss is the frame. That's how we're going to be viewing everything because I believe that once you reach a certain level of, of fat loss and just being lean in your life, everything else gets a lot easier. Everything else, you're just being a great dad, being in a relationship, being a supportive spouse or husband or wife, or being an employee, owning a business, um, whatever it is that you do, that thing is easier when you are in shape and you have a lower body fat percentage just all the time. That's just, that's not, that's my opinion for sure, but it's also been proven by science. People who are leaner and exercise more, make more money. It seems like, um, so I'm not, not totally just, just, uh, going off the cuff on this one. So we are going to talk today about dinner, how to maximize your fat loss and your recovery using specific tools. So get excited because this is going to be, this is going to be a fun one. A lot of, a lot of key takeaways here for you guys. So hopefully that will be something really important, but let me ask you a question first before we get too deep in the weeds. But if, if I had a supplement, if I had some like a pill, a powder, bottle of something that could basically lower your cortisol, activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically putting yourself into like that rest and digest mode that like, you know, like that you want to get through kind of the end of a yoga session, do meditation, you know, so it's like shift you over to that like uh, parasympathetic nervous system dominance, um, lower like your adrenaline, help your muscles recover and rebuild, improve your sleep. What would you pay for just one serving of that supplement? $20, $10, like, what, like, I don't even know, $100? Where are you at when like, what would you pay for one serving? What would you pay for a bottle of that stuff, okay? I think this is a this is a great question because there is something out there right now that can do all of those things, uh, lower your adrenaline, shift you into that rest and digest state, lower your cortisol levels. Cortisol being your stress hormone, that's what we call the belly fat hormone, um, and because because too much of it over a, a long enough time period of time will cause you to store belly fat, decrease your inflammation, help you recover, improve your sleep. I have something that's going to tell you about that you don't even need to spend any money on. You probably have it in your house already, so you might just not be using it correctly. So cortisol, adrenaline, and then sympathetic nervous system overload are really what are like a huge piece of what makes people tired, overstressed, under-recovered. And the kicker here is their bodies, like from all these things, become completely inflamed. You also start overusing stimulants, which adds to that inflammation, which adds to your under-recovery, which adds to your fatigue. So it just becomes this vicious cycle where we are just completely not, we're fighting against our body. We're fighting against our biorhythms and our natural state of, of energy, like trying to force ourselves like in a square peg into a round hole. And I'm gonna teach you exactly how to, to work with your bodies rather than against them, okay? Currently in the US, especially, we don't sleep enough. We're not getting enough sleep. The average amount of sleep I think is like just a, a shade under six hours per night, which is not great. 
we care a lot about things that don't affect us. We give our energy to things that are not that important for us that don't need our energy. We overeat a lot of processed foods, again, adding to inflammation. We're constantly worried. We dwell on what other people think about us. We overuse stimulants. How many people are like, you know, like overuse stimulants today? Yeah, me too. Uh, and then we don't consume enough of the right types of food, specifically the right types of carbohydrates at the right time. Okay, I'm gonna go into that today. But I wanna tell you a story about, about fight or flight that um, I, as many of you guys have probably heard from previous podcasts, I started off my sales career um, because I, I was, I applied to work at this, the paper at the college I went to, the Arizona Daily Wildcat, a daily paper that came out of the University of Arizona. And I wanted to be a sales rep there, sell ads. I applied and they were like, nope, sorry, you can't have a job here. And I was like, what would it take for me to get, to get a job? And they're like, well, get some sales experience, come back to us. And I was like, okay, got it. So someone approached me on campus. I'm just sitting there minding my own business. I don't think I had headphones in or maybe, uh, maybe I did. But this, this, this girl named Calissa uh, Pollard came up to me. I was like, how would you like to make a billion dollars this summer? I don't think that's exactly what she said. Um, but she was like, how much do you, you want to make some money? And I was like, sure. Like, tell me, tell me more. And she's like, come to this informational meeting. And so I went, checked it out. And they were like, how would you guys like to work 13 hours a day, six days a week for 13 weeks and make a bunch of money? And I was like, okay, it sounds like, it sounds like trial by fire. Uh, I already need to get some sales experience, so let's go. So sign up, go through the whole process, convince my parents that I'm, like, that I'm not joining a cult and end up uh, sales school in Nashville, Tennessee, and then shipped out to Ashtabula County, Ohio. I say shipped out, I mean, I drove my own car. I put 16,000 miles on my car in three months uh, during that summer. And I think I put on like 3,000 miles on my car this last year. <laughs> Um, so ended up in Ashtabula County, Ohio, selling books to help kids with school, going door to door, doing sales, 13 hours a day. So generally a pretty, uh, you know, pretty interesting job, a lot of, a lot of different things, meet a lot of different people, but this one particular, one particular day I was waiting on a, uh, I guess Saturday morning, I was waiting to walk into a house or knock on the door of a house. You know, I generally started knocking about 8 a.m. and stopped about 9.30. And so I was like 7.40 in the morning, just kind of waiting by the house, going over some of my notes for the day. And I would literally draw maps of neighborhoods and be like, this is people who've got, like, there's people who've got like high school kids, they're gonna buy these books. And there's people like, you know, they didn't want any books, but they said they go to their neighbor. And this person's name is John and Jim and whatever else. And I had these like detailed maps, I'm going over them. And out the back window of my rearview mirror, I see a guy um, on his phone, talking on his phone, and then he's uh, got a, he's looking at my license plate. It happens, you know, I'm driving through neighborhoods being like, yo, you got to buy some, buy some stuff. And they're like, uh, seems suspicious, right? People selling stuff door to door seems suspicious a lot of times. So I wasn't like, it wasn't super like unheard of or anything. So I get out, I have my badge. I got my, my, like he can sell books here kind of, kind of thing. Like that I got from like my permit. Um, and I go, I was like, Hey, how's it going? Like just, uh, selling some books, blah, blah. And he flips out. And since then I've kind of learned to see, uh, like a little bit more, I, I got a certification as an EMT and I got to spend some time in the emergency room, like as like the like practicum for my EMT, um, got to see a lot of people on meth in that time. And so now I recognize that the, like this guy is either just got, just doing a little bit of meth or, you know, kind of in the, the tail end of a trip or something but he was crazy. 
He starts screaming at me, saying all this stuff that was like horrible. I'm 19 years old at this time. I'm trying to make some money for college, trying to get some sales experience to get a new job. That's my, my, that's my goal. So he starts screaming at me, telling me that I'm this and that, and that he's going to kill me and all these things he's going like, to do to me. And I was like, whoa, like this went from zero to 100 in like one second. And I, so I freak out. And so I try to go get back in my car and he grabs me by my shirt, throws me up against my 97 Nissan Sentra and starts punching me in the face. And so I managed to like shove him off him, throw me off him. And I get back in my car and he grabs my, my like pendant or my, my, my badge, rips off my neck. I slam the door and I peel out as fast as you can in a straight four cylinder uh, 97 Sentra. So that's what happened in, in, in reality. But behind the scenes, here's what was going on. And this is like, this is when we talk about like central the SNS, that sympathetic nervous system activation versus PNS, parasympathetic nervous system. Here's what's happening with the SNS, okay? So it's a spectrum, right? So over here, you have fight or flight. It's like really, like really intense. That's what happens when you catch a beat down from some random meth head in Ohio. Over here, you have PNS activation, which is rest and digest. This is after you finish um, eating Thanksgiving with your family and you're like, man, I just need a nap right now. So over on this side of the spectrum, here's what was going on. My body starts releasing a large dose of adrenaline in my system. My pupils get dilated. My body temperature shoots way up. My blood pressure increases. My breathing became rapid and shallow. My digestion processes were completely stopped. They just shut them off until everything, like the threat was going to be resolved. Extra blood was reverted from digestion into my muscles, into my extremities to give me the ability to escape from whatever was chasing me. Glucose, my glucose was dumped into my bloodstream, just that massive dump from the liver for quick energy, get as much energy into the system as possible. My body burned a huge amount of stored energy within that first, like that, that five minute period. And then time actually slows slightly because you become extremely in tune with the situation that's unfolding for you. You have like adrenaline going on, you like time slows down just a little bit. Have you ever been in a, like a situation like that high stress situation? Like you have like, there's like two responses. You're like, number one, time slows down kind of in that moment. And then number two, when you look back on it, you're like, what happened? Like that seemed like it just went like it's instant. So time, there's a weird like time dilation thing. So that's what happens when you hit that far end of that SNS. So hopefully you're not around like just catching beat downs on a regular basis. I really hope that's true for you. But we live our lives, you know, not, not over here running from cheetahs or meth heads, but we live them kind of like right here. And we just like are grinding it out with this, this sympathetic nervous system activation all the time, all the time in this like slight stress, slight, slight anxiety, slight adrenaline, slight cortisol, and just like holding this pattern. Okay. And this is, this is extremely detrimental because um, like you said, like, like I said here, the digestion processes like slow way down, our breathing speeds up, our blood pressure goes up and living in a state like that is, is taxing on your body. It's like putting your car into a lower gear and just trying to drive on the freeway in like third gear. And it's like, and like, you don't need, your body should not be running like that all the time. If you need to like make a quick getaway, if you need to do something to, to make a move, to, you know, get it, like hit your exit or whatever in your car, like, yes, shift, shift down, get up that hill. But should, you should not be running your car like that at all times. Okay, same with your body. You should not be running your body in sympathetic nervous system dominance at all times. So how do we avoid that? What do we get, what do we get out of that? So uh, basically by what I wanted to talk about today is how do we use our dinner as a way of avoiding that 
sympathetic nervous system trap, that fight or flight trap all, all the time and using our dinners as a mechanism to help us shift into that parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest, burn more fat, have a lot of energy, like the later the day, sleep better, recover more, okay? So if you haven't, if you haven't guessed it by now, the thing that we are talking about is carbohydrates, okay? Carbohydrates, you have to have carbohydrates in your dinner. Um, I'm a big fan of limiting carbohydrates during the day to maximize your, your energy and keep you in that SNS dominance. So like keep you a little bit more focused, but now we have to have a trigger to pull us out of that because you can't go to bed like that, wake up like that, try to sleep like that. It's never going to work. You know, if you're not, if you're not meditating, you're not doing something to like shift yourself over into rest and digest. You're never going to let your body fully recover. Your mind's never going to shut all the way off. Your body's never going to fully recover. You're never going to burn as much fat. You know, you're going to be, you're gonna, even if you're doing all the right things, eating everything, and you're just still so stressed, you're never going to burn as much fat as fast as you want to period. Okay. So I said two things you need in your, your dinner. Number one, you gotta have, you gotta have carbohydrates. Number two, we gotta have protein, you gotta have protein to help to maximize recovery. I'm going to focus on the kind of the, the carbohydrate um, section today. Cause I feel like that's where a lot of stuff gets missed. For example, you may have heard like, don't have carbohydrates after 7 PM or don't eat after 8 PM or something like that. That's actually based uh, that's like, a, that's a kind of a common myth that's based off of a study that researchers did where they actually kept these mice awake all night and fed them high fat foods. And so it kind of turned into like this fitness echo chamber game of telephone where it's like, oh, I heard mice shouldn't eat fat at night. And it's like, well, what do you say? No fat at night? It's like, yeah, no food at night. It's like no carbs ever. Yeah, that's what I heard. So like you may have heard some version of this and you know, just to be completely transparent, some people, this is a good, this is a good idea. Don't eat carbs, don't eat food after blank o'clock. What it does is it just like, it makes it binary, same as fasting, right? Keeps us feeling like, okay, I finished my dinner, I am done with food. Um, that is not necessarily based in science, that's more based in behavior. So knowing the difference, knowing where you fall on that spectrum can allow you to make the right choice for your life. But here's what I know about carbohydrates is that carbs, number one, they help you recover from training and they help you build muscle, very important. Number two, carbs help with rest and digest mode. They help you shift into that parasympathetic nervous system state. Number three, eating lighter during the day gives you more flexibility with your food at dinner. So eating out with clients, eating your family, all good. And number four, carbs facilitate deeper sleep. Okay. So number one, helping like carbs, helping you recover from training and build muscle. They're one of the main sources of fuel for our body. So when you eat potatoes, rice, any other carb source, it's converted into glucose after digestion and then eventually into glycogen, which is the fuel your muscles can use. I actually was doing some research on glycogen and, and I'm going to do a different podcast on this at a later date, but basically like one more reason to make sure that you're working on building muscle is that for every pound of muscle you gain, your body can store about 10 grams more glycogen. Okay. So that means if you gain 10 pounds of muscle, your body can store an extra hundred grams of glycogen, which means you can eat another extra hundred grams of carbs per day with no change to your body composition um, as, as well as maximizing your energy. Okay. So that's a lot of bread. That's a lot of baked goods. So if you're like me and you're like, man, I like, I like to eat, a, I like to eat carbs. I like pancakes. I like cinnamon rolls. Then, then you're going to want to like, that's a great reason to build more muscle in addition to all the other amazing benefits. Okay. When our, when you work out, when we're doing, when we're lifting our muscles, contract and relax repeatedly, which uses glycogen. That's what we use that. That's what we use that fuel for. We use that within the muscle cell for energy to produce our de desired result. 
So during the day when we're walking around, moving, going about our daily activities, we're utilizing glycogen to a lesser extent um, than we would during a hard training session. So any type of movement is fueled by glycogen. So that's why the amount of carbs that we're eating should be directly proportional to the amount and intensity of the training that we're doing. Com competing in an Ironman triathlon is going to require a ton more carbohydrates to recover and rebuild from than a yoga session, okay? Glycogen goes hand in hand with your body's production of insulin as well. Insulin acts as a key that takes vital nutrients, unlocks the cells that those nutrients, including glycogen, belong in, okay? So in our systems at its very best, we are training, we're burning glycogen, we're consuming the right amount of carbohydrates, which, um, which then turn into glycogen. We are replenishing the amount of glycogen that we burned up during training sessions and throughout the day. And we're using any surplus to increase the size and density of our muscle fibers because we trained them, okay? That's at its best. That's the system functioning ideally, okay? But in order to do that, we have to be having carbs, okay? And I'll talk about what kind of, what kind of carbs are, are, are ideal for this a little bit later. Carbs help with rest and digest mode, number two. So when we eat a meal that's higher in carbs, so rice, potatoes, bread, pasta, tortillas, Lucky Charms, you know, whatever else, we get a blood sugar spike followed by an insulin release. Our body then starts to pull energy to the gut, to digestion, to aid in the process and process the food that we just ate. As an evolutionary response to this, our body shifts into a parasympathetic nervous system, PNS, dominant state for rest and digest. That's why you don't feel like you know, playing pickup football after Christmas dinner. You don't have to understand like all the chemical reactions really behind the process to know that after a big meal, you want to sit back, relax, and chill out. You know, after you eat a Chipotle burrito, you may find yourself wanting to crawl under your desk and just, just kick it. Okay. So we're not going to necessarily go much deeper than that, but obviously like there, like there, obviously there's, there's science backing this up. So we, it's important to utilize the science to our advantage to work with our body instead of against it. Okay. Eating lighter during the day, number three, gives more flexibility with your family and your clients at dinner. So one of the main reasons that a lot of time busy professionals tell me that they have trouble sticking to a diet is because it requires them to eat differently from the people they take out to dinner or eat differently from their families or cook two different meals. It can be frustrating, it can be annoying, we don't have a lot of time. So people make it two weeks, two months, you know, or even grind it out for six months, but with like a different plans from their family. And then they're just relying on willpower and it's tough and it's challenging. And then eventually they're like, I'm not willing to pay this price anymore, which, you know, that's a choice we all have to make. So um, during, when you're choosing foods or you're, you're eating lighter during the day, you have the ability to, to be a little more, we'll call it lax, just have a little bit more flexibility with dinner. You know, it's another safety net that we build into our day-to-day our -day lives to make sure that we're maximizing our fat loss, our energy, and how we do we feel on a regular basis. Number four, carbs facilitate deeper sleep. So rest and digest mode, PNS dominance, that can be gained from eating a larger meal with more carbohydrates in the evening actually helps you get deeper sleep and gets you there faster. There's an Australian study that published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition a while back. It showed that eating a higher carb meal four to five hours before bed can improve sleep throughout the night by increasing your tryptophan and serotonin in your brain. So, so that was super cool. You don't need to be eating a bunch of uh, turkey to get tryptophan. Um, and also ham has more tryptophan than turkey. So it's not that the turkey had the tryptophan in it that made you tired. It's really just all the food you ate on Thanksgiving that makes you tired. Uh, one additional benefit that that, stud, that same study showed was that having a dinner higher in carbohydrates can actually improve how fast you fall asleep. So if you're like the type of person who like rocks and, and goes back and forth, then 
having more carbs at dinner can help you get to sleep faster, especially if you're having it. I wouldn't have it like an hour before that can mess with your sleep a little bit, but as well as having higher fats before bed, like a really rich dinner that will keep you like, that will keep you digesting your food longer and can upset, like be a little bit upset in your stomach for some people. Um, most people will report like, like after eating a heavy meal, sometimes they'll, they're troubled by stomach issues or have a hard time falling asleep. But most of the time that can be traced back to rich foods, rich foods being the ones that are high in fat, really not necessarily the ones that are high in carbs. But again, test this yourself. Make sure that you're doing experiments to see how your body responds to things the best way. Okay. Um, so th what this means is that by simply eating in a way that aligns with your biology, your biorhythms, as well as what you know, your families and the people you're going out and taking to dinner would probably prefer. And having a bigger dinner with more delicious carbohydrates and eating potatoes because they're so good for you. You can improve your sleep throughout the night. You can, and you can manufacture a visible shift from being on all day to that deep breath, that taking a second, okay? So you're gonna fall asleep faster, you're gonna sleep deeper, and you're gonna avoid uh, being a diet pariah, lugging around Tupperware to for your grandma's dinner party, which she hates that. She hates it. I told you in other episodes, I'd already talked to her. She hates it, okay? So what do we do? What do we take from this? Number one is we need to make sure that we build in safety nets into our, into our day, into our life, okay? So this is something as simple as eating light during the day and then having that that and allowing yourself to be able to have a bigger meal because if you have a big if you're like i said before if your carb input doesn't match your carb outputs and you're having big like carbs at breakfast lunch and dinner you're not necessarily going to be able to burn fat as effectively and that dinner is not going to be as effective because you have you've not let your glycogen deplete throughout the, the day okay so safety nets the other safety net is by having higher carbs at dinner you can like just force yourself into a rest and digest state Safety nets, very, very important. It's easy to get wins with safety nets, okay? Um, the next thing, having carbs at dinner, really important, great for recovery. Hopefully that you, you believe me and you at least will give this a shot after hearing this episode. Uh, and then the third thing is making sure that you're getting the right types of carbs. And so like a lot of times, like evidence-based coaches will be like, well, carbs are carbs, it fits your macros, bro. Don't like just eat, eat by the numbers. And that's okay, right? Like ostensibly you could eat Twinkies and pizza crusts and lose weight, you know, like you could. But things like, even just like potatoes, sweet potatoes, rice, have much higher nutrient values than things like Lucky Charms, pasta, or, or bread for the most part. So having having foods that have, or that are just more nutrient dense, give you a bigger return on your, is a, is a much, let's see. Yeah, having the right types of carbs that give you like that, just that the more nutri nutrient density is going to be much better for you long term than trying to like fit in Lucky Charms to each meal. Now, does that mean you can't have dessert or you can't have Lucky Charms if you if you feel like it? No, totally fine. If you're going to have those foods, if you're going to have like quote unquote like dirty or cheap foods or you know off plant foods or whatever, then have them for dinner. You know, like you can have if you're having like protein, a carbohydrate, and the vegetable for dinner, you can have roasted beets you know, bison and fruit loops. It's okay. Like that fits the, that fits the formula that fits the framework, but don't have that all the time. You know, make sure that the majority of the time, your baseline is those like big time satiety foods, rice, potatoes are always going to be your best bets. So 
you have any other questions about this? Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse and say PNS too many more times. I think that's, you know, at some point someone's gonna be like, hey, you can't say that anymore. Um, so if you have any questions about this, drop me a comment in the group if you're watching this live um, or shoot me an email N or Nate at N Nate at n8trainingsystems.com. Nate at n8trainingsystems.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you're thinking. If there's anything I can help out with. Other than that, I hope you guys are having an amazing day. I hope you eat some delicious carbohydrates for dinner tonight. Drop me a note in the group. Let me know what you're having for dinner. I can't wait to see it. You know, and also, by the way, guys, this, this means you can have tacos every, di every dinner. You can have tacos every night. And I want that. All right, y'all. Have an amazing rest of your day. Talk to you soon.